Hello and welcome to World Travel Essential, produced by Allmont Global in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and digital health industry leader Sharecare. I'm Richard Barnes. This week, the WTTC calls on EU leadership to pull together in order to avoid even greater disaster for the travel industry. A movement has been launched in Thailand to reopen borders by the 1st of July. Qantas launches mystery flights for domestic passengers. Luxury travel guru Mary Gostolo takes us to one of her favourite haunts in London. And in our special feature, hotel design legend Michel Giquel talks about the hotel room of tomorrow. But now to the essentials. At last week's EU Tourism Ministers meeting, the World Travel and Tourism Council called on leadership from the EU to save the travel and tourism sector, which has been left in ruin by the COVID-19 pandemic. During what was a critical meeting, Gloria Guevara, WTTC President and CEO, said a major issue the sector faces is that different countries have different protocols that are not integrated with one another. And there's a lack of international coordination. According to Ms. Guevara, the key to recovery is to restore international mobility. And she says it's critical that we have a clear roadmap to resume economic activity in a safe and secure way. She says this includes rapid and cost-effective testing, supported by technology through interoperable health digital passes or certificates. Leading international tourism companies in Thailand have launched a campaign to reopen the country's borders from the 1st of July 2021. The Open Thailand Safely campaign was launched on the 2nd of March with the support of over 15 major companies, including Yana Ventures, Minor Group, Asian Trails, Capella Hotels and Resorts and EXO, just to name a few. The Open Thailand Safely campaign has laid out its arguments in a petition which will underpin a formal request to the Royal Thai Government to respond favourably to the rollout of COVID-19 vaccination programmes underway in Europe, the USA and other Thailand tourism source markets. The campaign argues that the 1st of July is an appropriate date for five reasons. The majority of citizens in many source markets would have been vaccinated by then. It gives time to Thai medical authorities to vaccinate both frontline staff in hospitality settings in Thailand or vulnerable citizens around the country. It gives international travellers the time to make travel plans and bookings. The date gives time to airlines, hotels, tour operators and others to start marketing and sales and get ready for tourism operations to commence. And it will take Thailand at least a year and maybe longer to return to the large numbers of international visitors that it had before the COVID-19 crisis. To ensure the safe reopening of Thailand, the petition argues that international tourists can be asked to satisfy any safeguards that the Thai government may require. This may, for example, include showing officially recognised proof of a COVID-19 vaccination from their home country. Meanwhile, destinations such as the Seychelles, Maldives, Greece and Sri Lanka have either opened borders already or are in discussion to do so in light of successful COVID vaccine rollouts in their key source markets. Flight to nowhere? Check. Flight to somewhere? Check. Flight to who knows where? 
That's next. Qantas has announced the latest in its series of highly popular concept flights to combat the border blues, with plans to operate three domestic mystery flights for travellers keen to enjoy unique travel experiences in Australia while international borders remain closed. The national carrier last operated mystery flights in the 1990s, when travellers would turn up at the airport and be allocated seats on a scheduled flight to any of the airline's destinations, where they spent a day at their leisure before flying home. Qantas has evolved the concept and will offer three dedicated Boeing 737 mystery flight experiences that will include not just the flight, but an entire day of activities in a mystery destination. So all passengers need to do is book and turn up at the airport. All destinations are outside major capitals. Well, customers will be provided with clues to ensure it's an appropriate outing for their areas of interest and to assist with whether to pack a snorkel, or sneakers in their carry-on baggage. All three flights will, says Qantas, operate with net zero emissions, with 100% of emissions carbon offset. Six Senses Botanique has opened in Brazil, offering sustainable design, gastronomic and wellness journeys. The hotel is located two and a half hours from Sao Paulo and three and a half hours from Rio. It lies at the confluence of three river valleys in the heart of the Mantiquera Mountains, known as the Mountains That Weep, due to the abundance of springs and rivers. Six Senses Botanique will appeal to guests seeking an eco-retreat in nature, along with authentic Brazilian design, culture and cuisine. Well, the property is blessed with seven water springs, providing guests with their own mineral water. There's also a water treatment station to return clean water back to nature. Well, as every week, we hear from luxury travel guru Mary Gostolo with her in-depth look at a favourite property somewhere in the world. Today, she takes us to Old Blighty and London Town. Hi, this is Mary Gostelow. Perhaps you're already planning, thinking ahead, planning your visit to London. Well, I have an idea for you. If you haven't yet considered the Hari, that's H-A-R-I, look it up and think about it. Why? Well, it's a boutique hotel. It's only got 85 rooms. It's very central. It's right in the centre of Belgravia at Chesham Place. It's five minutes walk from Knightsbridge. And it's run by somebody who calls himself not only GM but also mischief maker, Andrew Coney. When he was young, he wanted to be Prime Minister. I'm sure he doesn't now. He actually loves what he's doing. I love the Hari because the rooms are compact but they have massive windows so you look out right into treetops for instance. Last time I stayed in 703 looking straight out into into Cheshire Place. Really very, very agreeable. I felt I was in my London home, my Chelsea or Belgravia home. And the people who look after this property, they're really something special. I think because it's fairly small. 
good points about it are the rooms are very well equipped. You have all the basics. I also had a little living tree about um, 25 centimeters high to take home or you can give it to a friend to plant and this is part of their sustainability um, initiative. There is a lovely all-purpose Italian restaurant on the ground floor, a casual Italian. And if you go up 27 steps, then you get to a really attractive um, mezzanine bar level, which has an outdoor terrace. And again, you can get your arms around all this. It's not too large. I like the fact that you're so convenient. You can walk, as I said earlier, through to Knightsbridge. There you have Harvey Nichols, with whom the hotel has a good partnership, which includes uh, privileged shopping, and you can get afternoon tea there. During Chelsea Flower Show, every spring this hotel comes completely alive last year they covered the whole of the outside of the hotel in fresh flowers and there was a selfie um, banquette a, a kind of love seat set up for you and your friend to take photographs in front of the flowers at the Hari London Belgravia you will enjoy it Thanks, Mary. Well, over the past year with the COVID crisis, many people have been talking about the fact that this has changed travellers' tastes and wants. But what about the hotel room? What do people want there now? As opposed to what they wanted before. On the line, I have Michelle Giquel. Michelle is somewhat of a legend in the field of hotel design, having been responsible over 20 years for the design aspects of all Accor hotels. I first interviewed Michelle around 15 years ago, and even back then, I was in awe of his vision for the industry. So, I'm thrilled to be talking to him again today. Michelle, what is changing in what people want in a room? Well, I, I think the impact of the, the evolution, which first come from a changing area, we come from industrial time to virtual uh, numeric time. That's a point. COVID had some big problems, but I think anyway, this change has to be written. We understand now, since few years, a lot of things about the human being and uh, the expectation. And with bureism, with a lot of things like that, the evolution of morphology and so on means that uh, we need to think the space differently. The only way for you to uh, use your space the way you, you want is just flexibility. And flexibility means that in terms of designing, you should be able to offer your customer, but it's true in uh, hospitality, but it's as well in residential, same, same people choose the way they want to leave the space. They are alone or not alone, they are up or they are down, so they can open or close the door, they can use the daylight, they, they, they could... Uh, manage their lighting, their senses also, which is very new as well. I mean, smelling is very important, sounds are very important, and we know that uh, all those components that we understand now, and we got the technology for that, uh, are very important 
for just a good way of life. And as soon as there is a revolution like this one, which is uh, moving, this revolution needs that we, in face, to, to answer, we need to have the technology. And for one time, we have all the answer facing that. The point today is for architect, designer, customer, everybody else, they need to understand that it's time to make things move. Are you seeing a lot of mistakes in, in current design? I mean, when we see the way people are designing rooms today, are, are a lot of mistakes being made, do you think? I think it's not mistakes. I mean, most of the time, what do they do? They just look about realization, which are successful, which are sometimes very, very beautiful, and they just want to copy it. The key point is, as soon as you do so, you turn around and round and round, and you don't move. And uh, what was very good uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, is no more the expectation, that's all. So when you ask the investors, customer, uh, most of the time, they ask what they know. They don't ask what they ignore. For designers, the same thing. If you don't want to break the rules, you will always do the same thing. And the key point is, it was successful 20 years ago, 10 years ago, now it's no more successful. So for example, talking about rooms, most of the time you have the, the classical schedule of uh, um, industrial uh, area, which means what? This means you get the entrance, the dressing, the bathroom, the toilets, and the bedroom. And everything is place to place and everything is closed. No, it's no more true. What we expect is to, to have the, uh, the right moving, open or close, have the daylight. If you're alone, why to be closed and closed in your bathroom as soon as, as sometimes some you have a nice view. I think that now, for example, uh, when you travel business and so on, you travel very, very light. You don't need to have a big dressing. The way you work in your room is very different. We, you don't need anymore to have a desk. Uh, as much as we know, most of the time, uh, you work no more than eight minutes per room. So imagine it's nothing. So all those different ways of living the space make it's, some furniture as, are useless and some other are new. For example, the bed should be bigger because people grow. Um, uh, you should have very easy technology to use, but technology should be absolutely present, but should be something it's not... You're not depend on technology. If you don't need, if you don't want, you don't use it. It should be easy to understand and to use. A room is a no uh, stress place. So everything should be evident. And we have all the technology, all the know-how to do that. The key point is how new architect, new designer understand this moving. Most of the time they are still in nice place, nice looking, nice colors, but not reflection, which is a deep reflection, and help also the investors to make the right choice. If you don't propose new opportunities to investors, they will once again ask what they know. So that's all. So our turn and my turn most of the time is just to break the rules and to break this circle. Now, you're working on several potential very big projects around the world, developing not just a hotel each time, but developing regions. What's changing in the way that regions are being developed? I mean, this, this is also something, but it, it, it's integral with the design of the hotel. How is, that, how is that evolving at the moment? 
Well, uh, first, I think the, the expectation after COVID, but it was on the way since long, long time, and COVID just uh, make it speedier, maybe. Uh, you don't travel the same way. First, you want to travel in places which are uh, eco-responsible. It's the key, key point. I mean, you, you don't want to lose energy. You don't want to... And the way you, you travel like this is also it means that you, when you are somewhere, you are very uh, concerned in sharing experience with local people. So you are not uh, in a resort totally close. You should have people who, and, and you, if you're in Bali, you're not in Comor. If you're in Comor, you're not in Cuba and so on. So you should understand the culture of the country. And once again, is not to copy the culture, is to understand the culture and to uh, use like roots, but imagine the future with this culture. For example, we are working on project in Comor. Uh, the, the place is very wide and uh, the sea is fantastic. Uh, you get fantastic smell with this flower, unique, worldwide unique, with taste of vanilla, fantastic uh, lagoon and so on. And they have the, the, the chance that it's absolutely totally not built. So you, you, they have the choice to build it perfectly, the right way, responsible, and to involve their population in that. That's very, very important. Same thing in Cuba, same thing in some places in Georgia, some place maybe in country like Ukraine. So we are working on Comor in Albania, in Georgia, in Cuba, in Tanzania as well. So a lot of places, and I think as soon as we can travel a bit more, things will be accelerating, but every, all those places are uh, just unique. And it's very positive for the governments and the populations, because the population will evaluate, but we take care of them. They're just a part of the story. Thanks very much to Michel Giquel for 20 years, the head of design for the Accor Group, and very enlightening indeed. Well, that just about wraps it up this week on World Travel Essential in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide and Digital Health Industry Leader Sharecare produced by Ormont Global. This is Richard Barnes saying thanks for joining me and I look very much forward to catching up same time next week. 